I feel triggered just listening to this. <laughs> exactly. I feel like we're in a loosey-goosey mood today, collectively. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends. Hello, friends. And <laughs> what was that voice? Told you, I try something different every time. I love it. Uh, but more importantly, this is Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina. And I'm Lauren. And I don't minimize anything. Uh, me neither. In fact, I exaggerate all my shit. <laughs> Maximalization. Is that a word? Maximalization. <laughs> Maximization. There we go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all about maximizing, never minimizing. Yep. Uh, just kidding. We we like to joke around. Yeah. If, if you've listened to an episode, you realize that we minimize a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so, luckily for y'all, we're going to be talking about minimization today. Hmm. Uh, but first, Lauren, how are you doing right now? So I'm doing okay, but I did realize that I forgot last time something that I wanted to mention on the podcast that was going on um, at work. I'm assuming that it's going to be okay to talk about because, again, I don't tell my work people about this podcast. <laughs> and, of course, I mean, I'm not going to use people's names or anything like that. Right. So we got a message the beginning of last week from one of my coworkers, and she was just saying, she was like, I just wanted to um, send this to, to everybody, not because I'm trying to, like, hide anything or whatever, but I just, you know, I don't want to have to tell this story to 12 times to each person individually. Oh my God. Can't even imagine. Well, she has five kids and she said her oldest son, you know, an adult child tried to kill himself by taking pills. Oh, fuck. And yeah. And so she was saying, you know, like I, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm going to be in the office at all this week. If I do, you know, I might have to like immediately take a phone call or leave or something like that yeah and you know based on hearing her talk about it you know saying like oh well he's obviously first in the hospital and then they're going to transfer him to you know this behavioral health spot and I was like oh I've been there oh my god (laughs) yeah so it was just I don't know it was just kind of like hearing that was like okay I'm I'm ready to process that all over again. Yep. So you didn't say anything to her? <laughs> no. And I did, like, because she was saying, you know, like, I am super open about it. You know, if you want to ask me any questions, that's fine. I have no problem talking about it. And I did think off and on. I was like, I don't know. I was like, would, would it make her feel better to be like, hey, I've been there, but I don't have very good things to say about my time there. Oh, shit. But also more of that was, again, you know, like where I was in that stupid holding cell where he's going to go from, you know, an actual hospital room where they're treating him to when he's, when they say. So this is the same hospital that you went to the psych ward in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, that was in September, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the bonus episode where we talk about Lauren going to the psych ward, uh, go back and listen. It's a real roller yeah. coaster. It's easy to find because it is appropriately titled, like, Lauren's Quit to the Psych Ward. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to keep people guessing, you know? <laughs> yep. But yeah, so there was that, and it just happened on top of that, which, you know, like, made the whole week just kind of, like, tough to get through, was we have this new coworker, and she's a, an older woman. She's probably, like, I'd say late 50s, maybe, 
maybe early 50s, I don't know. She's really sweet, she's been very nice since she comes in, you know, like always in a good mood and everything like that, but, and you know, we've talked about this too, like coworkers just like always talking about their diets and crap like that. Oh my god, it's getting worse lately, I feel like. Yes! Everyone and... online is talking about that these days, but I feel like nothing is changing about diet culture, if anything, it's just ramping up. Yeah, and you know, because I have a small office, I feel like, you know, maybe I've I've been lucky so far that nobody's really that terrible about it. A few people have mentioned that they're they're on diets sometimes, but you know, like one of them she was saying like, Oh, you know, like my husband wants us to go on it and she clearly like was not excited, you know, the first day that she was eating a salad at lunch. Or like, How's your diet going? And she's like, I hate it. <laughs> so she's just been kind of funny. But this woman and she's not on a diet, but the conversation, or the, um, now that I said the wrong word, I am just, I just, like, totally stopped myself. Like, the, the comments. The, co- oh, the comments, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the comments that she's making sometimes, like, the, the one that particularly got to me is a bunch of us are sitting around uh, on our lunch break, and she'd had to run an errand, and she comes in, and, you know, she's standing up with, with her, her lunch, and we were saying, you know, like, oh, you know, like, we've, we've got space at the table, you know, if there's not a chair, we can pull one up. And she's like, no, I, I should be standing. Oh my God. You, you can't sit down for lunch because I feel triggered just listening to this. Exactly. When she said that, I was just kind of like, I don't have a response. I almost want to leave the room. Oh my God. Yeah. I've been noticing it's stuff like that a lot lately. Like even people who are close to me, like, we can't have a fast food meal without them saying something like, oh, I shouldn't be having this, or oh, this is uh-huh. a nice treat. It's innocuous comments like that that you don't realize will trigger people, but you're just, yeah. it's just feeding into the diet culture, and like I said, it feels like it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, or the worst, when people say something like, oh, I guess I can be bad today. <laughs> like... I just want to give all those people a hug and be like, you're allowed to have a treat. I know. <laughs> and I realize that that fear comes from a place of black and white thinking. Like, if I'm not dieting, that I'm going off the rails and I'm out of control. Because I've been there and mm-hmm. I, I'm still getting out of that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, maybe this is just me and where I'm coming from. But, you know, a few comments from this woman and immediately, like, I'm worried because, I mean, first of all, she is, she's just normal size. She is not overweight in any way. She's probably one of the smaller people in the office. And, and weight is not even, like, a no. factor, you know? But what I first, like, noticed when she started is, that's why I said, like, I think she's early 50s, because I was surprised. I felt like she looked a lot older than I expected. Like, she has, like, really deep wrinkles. And, I mean, part of it, I know just that she wears a ton of makeup. But that's immediately what I was thinking when she's saying all this stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh, is, that shit ages you fast. So what if, yeah. you know, like, what if she actually has a problem or at least has in the past and dealt with it for many years. I'm like, Oh man, I hope she's okay. (laughs) Uh, We someday maybe we'll do an episode on fighting the urge to diagnose other people. Cause that's a good one. Actually. I I think about that all the time. I have to fight to tell myself like, okay, you don't know what's going on with this person. You might think they're going on through. Mm -hmm. What are these words I'm spitting out? You might think they're going through something, but it could be anything, right? It could be stress, mm-hmm. personal stress. It could be a, a health issue, you know, not directly tied to mental illness. Uh, or, right. it, you know, it could be 
yeah illness or like yeah. the beginnings of an eating disorder you know it could be because that's too sometimes the people that have been through it recognize it first and are like mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i was just reading a reddit thread this morning about the trend of brides dieting for their wedding yeah. and yeah uh, i guess the new york times posted this article about how someone got an eating disorder once she started starving to fit into her wedding dress and mm-hmm. i was like okay yeah, that's an issue, but this has been going on forever. Yeah. And like, I had to unfollow someone last year because she wouldn't stop posting about her weight loss wedding journey, wedding weight loss oh. journey. Uh-huh. And like, someone on Reddit encapsulated my thoughts perfectly. They were like, why would I want to look like anything other than what I look like every day on my wedding? Yeah. Like, this that's is what I look like. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I've thought at least similar to that, too. It's like, why do you put all this effort into a single day? Is that what you think? That it's just like, I am going to be perfect on this day, and then I'm just going to go back to being me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really sad, and it feels like an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. I did something fun this week. Cool. Well, so, <laughs> I first of all, my week was shitty. I had to cover for someone at work unexpectedly three days in a row from like two, uh, from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And my norm- normal working hours are 8 to 4. Okay. So like for three days in a row, I had to get up at 4.30 and Ugh. my sleep schedule was <laughs> fucked. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Brett had to drive me because I don't have a car and I don't like riding my motorcycle at night, like before the sun comes Yeah. Out, especially if it's like 30 degrees. Yeah, <laughs> good point. So, like, both of our mental healths have suffered this week because of that, just <laughs> just by not getting enough sleep. Like, I don't think yeah. we realize how much sleep affects our mental health. At least I oh, don't. Yeah. I mean, that, that too, with, I feel like we've hit a point, I mean, t- teenage years with re-energized meatball kitten mode. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a few nights where he's just like up and tearing around the house to the point where I said the other day, I was like, some days I want to be like, um, would, would anybody like a slightly used cat for sale? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. There's only so much you can do about sleep deprivation caused by cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I say all that because it's been a really shitty week and I've been trying to find the positives, but it's been really hard. So we're recording this on Sunday. Last Monday, I connected with a friend that I met in Austin in 2013, mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, so I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I used to be a photographer. Like, I used to have a photography business in Austin. Oh, wow. And um, it didn't last very long because it's a very competitive mm-hmm. field. And yeah, It was mostly, fair. like, a hobby for me. I, I met a lot of people. I would randomly connect with models on Facebook and Craigslist and, like, shoot them for fun. Uh, and mm-hmm. Laura, this friend I'm talking about, was one of them. So fast forward like 10 years since we last saw each other. She has a sister who lives in my neck of the woods and her sister's pregnant and she wanted to know if we could do maternity photos while she was visiting her. Oh, yeah. I saw part of the shoot. I didn't yeah, realize. Yeah. So literally okay. like I, I came home from work and then ran into the woods with these people like and took pictures <laughs> in the cold and it was so fun we were like crawling through thorns and uh all yeah the setting stuff. looked really cool yeah <laughs> but you know when I started I was feeling really nervous and like a lot of imposter syndrome like I haven't taken mm-hmm. pictures like this in years I don't know if I'm still good I don't know if they're gonna turn out good but then the fear of of failure started like disappearing the more fun I had 
cool. I was just like, this, this is something that I haven't felt in a long time. Just working with creative people to create something. I, I wrote in my journal that night, like, I am happiest when I'm surrounded by creative people doing creative things. And I think that I, I forget that. makes a that lot sometimes. of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Also, now that I um, know this about you, if we meet in person when it's not negative 20 degrees, <laughs> then, then I might have to commission you. Um, I, I had a friend that was trying to get into pet photography for a while. And she did well, you know, I saw some of them, but she was, you know, like four or five hours away from me and we tried to plan a few times and it never worked because when I saw that, I was like, I want a, a photo shoot with Pico. So I always have like these pictures. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Anytime, dude. But yeah, the rest of the week really sucked and I've been struggling to see the point of mm -hmm. the hustle for lack of a better word. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It, I did get some good news yesterday that I won't share <laughs> yet, okay. but before I got that good news, I was feeling really depressed. Nothing that I was doing was producing results. And mm -hmm. I, I reached this point where I was just like, okay, maybe instead of fighting so hard, just like sit back and breathe and accept that you are where you are right now. And it's not going to change instantly. And mm -hmm. you're, you're making steps to change your circumstances, but it's going to take time. And in the meantime, don't stress so much. Like, just let it go. Do the best you can where you are. And I, I just experienced this weird moment of acceptance. And mm -hmm. then I got good news later in the day. So I don't know. If I, that, was oh. a nice, that was a nice moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I realize I'm being very vague right now, but... Um, I know. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> maybe, maybe in a few weeks who knows oh, okay um, but yeah I'm I'm feeling good I'm feeling ready to talk about minimalization minimization yeah. I keep wanting to say minimalization yeah it's close enough <laughs> um hi I'm Christina I can't talk welcome to the podcast uh, I was gonna say hi I'm Laura Lauren and I can talk but you know what I can't either <laughs> Um, so this week's episode is a poll episode where we mm -hmm. throw up a, cr uh, we, where we throw up. <laughs> I caught that too. I wasn't going to okay. say anything. Every two weeks we post, how about that? We post a question okay. and our listeners send in answers and then we talk about it. So, uh, today we'll be talking about the question we put up last week, which do you want to read it to the lovely listeners? Absolutely. Um, so it is, what do you minimize? Why do you believe it isn't valid? And what would it take to do so? This is a really good question. And I've been thinking about it all week. I'm really curious about the, the end part in particular. Yeah. I hope people answered that well. <laughs> well, so what inspired you to make this question? Like, what do you minimize in your life? And why do you believe it isn't valid? Um, I minimize just about everything about my mental health. And I don't know if it's because my family, you know, like didn't talk about it very much. So I feel like only like physical health problems are quote unquote real. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I've always done that. And honestly, I even minimize like my physical health. Yeah. Because yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm not someone well, I always thought that I wasn't somebody that, that really gets sick at all. Mm -hmm. And I did kind of realize at some point that I was like, you know, maybe I do. I just pretend like it's nothing. Um, yeah. There is 
I, I will tell a, a story of when I was in my early 20s and I was working, I was a server at a restaurant. Obviously, it's a time which, you know, we've talked about this a lot where I can't afford any health insurance. So, you know, I got, got nothing like that going on. I just know that I woke up in the middle of the night one, one time and I was so cold that, you know, like my entire body was shivering and I could not stop and I couldn't even stand up to walk to the bathroom like I had to crawl because my legs would not even stay under me it was so bad oh my god yeah and then you know like and I got back and I just like could not get warm I mean I have you know like four layers on and I'm crawled under like all my blankets and so you know finally enough that I could sleep and I'd wake up you know like in this pool of sweat and so I called out of work that day but I was scheduled to work that day two double shifts after that and then a morning shift after that before I would get a day off and so I called off that day you know and I just slept and felt at least like (laughs) alive when I woke up and so I just you know the next two days I went into work and I would work and maybe you know about like halfway through then I'd start to feel like really terrible again and be like wow I you know I thought when I went in that I could do this and god I'm you know like clawing to make it barely and it wasn't until like a week later that I was just like oh I probably like straight up had the flu and mostly just worked through it (laughs) because yeah because I'd wake up in the morning and be like I feel okay I guess I gotta go into work (laughs) well again not to blame all of our problems on society but society doesn't (laughs) really smile on people who call out sick exactly especially in like a service type job (laughs) yeah in america yeah (laughs) the experience here i I know Mm -hmm. like i worked in the service industry for eight years and yeah people would work sick all the time it's truly Mm -hmm. terrifying especially since covid (laughs) yeah (laughs) i it just makes me uncomfortable and i I think a lot of these shitty policies have been shown for what they are and changes are being made again, but at the end of the day, most people care about is just like making money at the expense of their employees. I think like that part being terrible and, you know, I feel like the the no health insurance also comes into play because, you know, maybe I could have like validated it a bit to my employer if I said like, oh, you know, like I went into my doctor and she's like, you got the flu, you can't go to work for three days or something like that. But I can't do that. I just have to be like, well, I was sick and now I can move, so I guess I got to go to work. Well, in that case, you're you're kind of rewarded for minimizing your health. Oh, absolutely. You know, so like, oh, thanks, we didn't have to scramble to find someone to take your shift. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of want to back up a little bit and actually mm-hmm. say what minimizing is. Oh yeah, let's do that to start. Like, what? How do you? How would you define it? To say it in a short way, I'd feel like it's invalidating yourself. Yeah, it's it's making something seem smaller than it is. And I think sometimes I think it's reassuring others you do it to be like, oh, you know, like you don't actually have to worry about me. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, the the Google definition I just found says Mm -hmm. minimization is the reduction of something, especially something (laughs) undesirable to the smallest possible amount or degree. And immediately I was like, what if I want to minimize my body (laughs) or myself? Like something undesirable. <laughs> well, that was that was funny. Yeah, when you started to read a Google definition, I was thinking like every term, and I was like, oh yeah, I've heard about like 
breast minimization surgery and stuff like that. This episode is is gonna be so triggering. (laughs) I'm gonna have fun editing this. Yeah, we're derailing quickly. Um, One of the words that jumped out at me when I was reading about minimization was guilt. I think a lot of people minimize because they're trying to avoid guilt for taking Mm -hmm. up space or for vocalizing their needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because like I said, society doesn't really reward us for doing that. Anything that causes us to be less productive is, you know, not something that you necessarily want to want to own. And I feel like, yeah, also like people in general, like they want to know that you're fine so that they don't have to put any extra effort into it. Yeah, for sure. Sadly, that is on them that <laughs> that they they have to feel that way. Like if somebody yeah is having a hard time and you automatically feel like, oh, I got to find a way to fix it so I can feel better. And I'm like, well, that's kind of your problem. <laughs> yeah. But people could... don't think of it that way. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't really think of it that way. Like, I don't really think a lot about other people minimizing me because I minimize myself so much. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about minimizing your your symptoms essentially yeah i i think i tend to minimize my behaviors like when i was binging and purging every day i would say okay well i'm not that bad because i'm only purging vegetarian food (laughs) for instance (laughs) (laughs) or like you know, I'm drinking every day, but I, I never drink alone. I, you know, this is what my goal was in the beginning to never drink alone. And now I laugh at that. Um, yeah. you know, because I, <laughs> I never drink alone or because I've never gone to work drunk, I don't have yeah. a problem. And you know, of course, towards the end of my alcoholic journey, I would do both of those things. Yeah. Um, and I still didn't feel enough. Like I still but realized yeah. it. I was going to say, once you were doing that, though, didn't you still feel like probably like, oh, yeah, but I'm not doing this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe I started doing this part. And we all do this. Like, mm-hmm. researching for this episode kind of reminded me of our imposter syndrome episode. Yeah. Because a lot of that. the same points kind of came up for me. Same feelings. Mm-hmm. What about the second half of the question? Like, what would it take to validate it for you? Yeah. So I added that part on basically because I didn't know. I mean, I was actually like laying in bed trying to get to sleep when mm-hmm. I thought of this as a poll. I was like, oh yeah, because basically because I do it all the time. Like, what if we asked everyone else their thoughts on minimizing? And then I asked myself, I was like, what would it take for me not to minimize or minimize? See, you did and it too. I know. <laughs> We're probably going to do that a lot, warning. <laughs> but yeah, that's that just one kind of stopped me. I was like, wow, I don't know. Does anybody else have an answer? <laughs> so, yeah, I think I put it out there out of curiosity. Like, help me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we got two answers for this poll, which is not, mm-hmm. you know, a ton. But I kind of like it when we only get a couple because we can really spend a lot of time yeah, on Yeah, we them, can go and, in depth. And we like can also talk about our own experiences a little more than usual, which we know we yeah. love an, exp- an opportunity exactly. to talk about ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, for me, I always thought that I would not be valid unless... I reached this point and, mm-hmm. and mo- some people might consider this like rock bottom. Like I thought if I reached quote yes. unquote rock bottom, I would be valid, but the rock bottom, like I don't like that concept because I feel like it's always changing. Like I would get to one rock bottom and then be like, yeah. okay, this isn't so bad. I can still function. And so then I would keep minimizing, minimizing, minimizing and get to a worse bottom. And then, so yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't really know what it would take to validate it. I, I've 
been that same experience is like, what is rock bottom? And I feel like I have to get to rock bottom before I can, you know, start to climb out of it. Like I have to experience, I have to see where it is. And I mean, I still like struggle with this, but I know something that helped is when it kind of dawned on me, like no matter what you're dealing with, rock bottom is dead. Mm, yeah. You can't go any further. You really can't. <laughs> yeah. But you also can't climb out of it. So if that's what I think I'm going to do, then... So I'm going to be vulnerable for a second. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I mm -hmm. think subconsciously one reason I minimize is because I'm concerned with outward appearances and I do pride myself on being a hard worker because like we said last week, I see myself as lazy. And so most of my life is just me trying to prove to everyone and myself that I'm not. Um, and so I think I minimize my, my mental health issues. I'm going to say like my eating disorder. Let's use that as, as an example. I minimized okay. my bulimia. I was severely bulimic while like going through the, the motions of a normal life. And I think one reason I minimized it was because I knew that eventually it would all explode in my face because I'm a smart person. I knew it wasn't sustainable, but I kept thinking yeah. maybe if I just kind of play it cool and then all of a sudden one day I announced that I'm like going to treatment because that's what I, I literally did. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, maybe then people will be so shocked that I was dealing with this the whole time that that I'll feel valid. I don't know. Does that make sense? It does. Like I, mean, I minimized it, it. I minimized it almost as a way to like surprise people when it all blew up. Like, look at me. I'm struggling. I've been struggling this whole time. I'm valid. Or, I mean, I don't know if you would also feel this way because I think I've kind of thought of it as, you know, like you, you keep saying like, yeah, it's fine. And I'm getting through and, you know, like nothing's that big a deal. I'm just going to work like normal. I got no problems. Yeah. But if it gets far enough where it's just kind of like you feel like everybody else is starting to realize and they're just kind of thinking like, when is she going to realize this is something that, that needs attention? Yeah. And then you finally do. And then it's like, but then, and then when you finally do admit it, then it's like, well, now it's okay because everyone's already been wondering this and realizing it's needed. <laughs> yeah. I think unfortunately the thing that it takes for me to stop minimizing is mm -hmm. other people telling me that I'm minimizing like other people validating me through their words and observations like that is yeah often what it takes like it's like tough love wake up call whatever you want to call it like that's kind of what's helped me in the past and I completely agree with that because I mean yeah if we're, if we're talking about eating disorder getting out of control and going to treatment my experience I felt like was different because I had flown out under the radar for so long. You know, it wasn't until I'm 35 that <laughs> that yeah. first like became a thing. And, and that was it too, is because I had flown under the radar and minimized, you know, like times when it probably wasn't so hard to get through life and times where I probably like shouldn't have been going it on my own, yeah. uh, but still did. Then I just felt like this is my life and this, you know, like nothing is ever going to get so bad that I need to actually face it. And, but like you said, like what did it is, and we've talked about this before, the therapist I was seeing was just like, Hey girl, you straight up need to go to residential. And I was like, I do what? Yeah. <laughs> I had a point, but I forgot. So do you want to read the first comment? <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is from my college friend, Mon. Mm -hmm. um, so I met her in Tulsa in 2010. We lived in like the quiet dorm together. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just so you know, if you're a new listener, I went to this Christian school in Oklahoma from 2010 to 2012. And that's essentially where I kind of became a party girl, which is <laughs> ironic. Uh, but yeah. when I was living in this dorm with Mon, we were very mild-mannered. <laughs> and <laughs> so we would just, like, hang out, go to coffee shops, talk about mental health, because she was studying to be a social worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember, like, the last year I was there, we both kind of started changing. Oh, meatballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone else would like to, to have a conversation. <laughs> I want to have her on the podcast eventually to tell her own story. But yeah, we both went through through a lot of really traumatic changes at that school, like confronting who we were and what we believed. And I think she has really blossomed in the last like 10 years, uh, done a lot of fucking hard work to realize who she is and like what is important to her. So yeah, love to have you on the podcast sometime if we get our shit together. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you want to read her answer? Yeah. Um, also, really quick, I when I pulled it up, I kept thinking that it said mom's answer. <laughs> mom's answer. And that was particularly, that was why it threw me where you asked me, like, do you want to read it? I was like, you want me to read your mom's answer? Okay. I mean, <laughs> but this makes more sense. <laughs> I would okay. want you to read my mom's answer. <laughs> okay, but, but not that. Your friend, Mon. Um, I minimize my progress. Not intentionally, but because I have high standards or I'm a historic perfectionist. I believe it takes practice of being kind to myself and viewing myself through a strengths-based perspective. So I aim to celebrate all wins, no matter how small. Okay, maybe I didn't do X, but I got out of bed and did Y. I've been finding so much comfort in that idea of just, Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to minimize the good stuff, you know? Even if they're super, super tiny, like, that totally deserves to be celebrated, too. Yeah, I was doing that for a while, I know, because I felt just like we talked about last week. I just felt lazy about everything and unmotivated and, yeah, just like a sloth. And so I think I would have ideas, especially like my weekend time, like, I'm going to get these big things done. And finally, I started making lists on the weekends, and I would include very small things so that I could, but so I could get something done, you know, maybe I just yeah. had to be like, today, I'm going to take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm going to load the dishwasher. You know? That was my goal yesterday, take a shower. Yeah. But then I could check it off. I'd be like, look, I did something today. <laughs> exactly. You get that little quick accomplishment, like, hey, I can check that off. <laughs> yeah, like, don't minimize those things. Uh, do you, have you ever heard the word, um, have you ever heard of the term life admin no so uh, i saw this in a tiktok the other day and i really loved it so basically like life admin is all the little things that you need to do to stay on top of your life like paying your taxes and taking a shower and emptying the dishwasher and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and people with like adhd and anxiety were saying like, I hate that I have to do life admin when I'm not at work because it feels <laughs> like work and I, I'm stressed and I let it overwhelm me. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know, but but the term makes sense now. But yeah, that's <laughs> Now stuff, that you compared it to like work stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, I say that because I want people to realize that it is work. And yeah. It, it is self-care also, sure. But mm-hmm. it is work and you should be proud of yourself for doing that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Don't minimize the success of performing those little tasks. 
they hire people at jobs just to do that. <laughs> exactly. You know, think of people whose job is basically to like greet people at the door and answer the phone. I mean, yeah. someone has to do that. <laughs> I mean, when, when she was talking about minimizing her progress, I thought mm -hmm. about recovery because like day in and day out, recovery is really boring. And yes. <laughs> it's a lot of work with not a lot to show for it. And mm -hmm. so it's easy to minimize the progress you've made, especially yeah. if you're like me and you have a ton of lapses along the way. I was going to say, particularly, I feel like in the point where you are going through it, but you're not at that like glorious moment where you can be like, now I get to be like a public speaker and talk about my journey and how successful I am now. It's just kind of like, yeah, I'm working at it. And some days it still kind of sucks. It's a long game for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Like now, of course, I can look back and see myself as having improved a lot. And I'm in a totally mm -hmm. different place than I was even a year ago. Yeah. But when I'm in the middle of it, it feels like I'm not accomplishing anything and I haven't progressed. And so yeah. I, I love her comment because it, it's just a nice reminder to look at yourself through your strengths. You know, yeah. she used the term strengths-based perspective. Like looking instead of finding all the little weaknesses about yourself to complain about, just look at the good things and maybe don't minimize them. Yeah. Thanks, Mon, for sending that in. Yeah. Uh, you're and, really and, cool. And come be a guest, because it sounds like, yeah, you'd be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I promise this is the year we're going to start trying to have guests again. Maybe. I don't know. It's, I, it's scary to talk about it, because now we have to do it. I feel like so many things come up on, on our podcast where I repeatedly think that my friend Stacy would be such a good guest, and I want to talk to her, and I know that she's having some hard times and I don't know I felt like maybe that would be a nice little bright spot because I think she likes she did a podcast for a while so I feel oh, like really? she kind of likes that stuff yeah oh my god I want to know what it was called but I don't want you to like dox her or anything no I don't remember what it was called but I can say like they talked about uh, like paranormal things and yeah huh. <laughs> well yeah um we, the more fucked up you are the more welcome you will be on this podcast Absolutely. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Um, okay, are you ready for Orion's voicemail? Yep, let, let me load it real quick. Okay, I'm ready. Hello, hosts. I hope you guys are having a good week. Um, it's Orion popping on to give a few thoughts on your, your pickle pull prompt. Um, and I had a little bit of trouble getting into this thoughts because my first thought was minimizing my troubles or people who minimize their troubles to get by. And I don't think I really do that because I tend to fixate on my troubles. What I minimize is like the everyday components that make up my stability and comfort, but like the freedom and happiness and things I take for granted that I have access to. Like I have access to good food, a clean home, my privacy, my ability to interact with people I trust and people I enjoy my hobbies, my interests, my apartment, my job, my family, my gorgeous friends, and my own mind. I need to have more gratitude for my own mind because it has been put through so much terrible shit and learned so much and grown so strong through a lot of determination and hard work. I, I put a lot behind me and I, I've made a future for myself and um, I have a lot of people to thank for that, including me. And I think that I just completely take that for granted uh, most of the time in my mind. 
And I find myself invalidating this so often by losing sight of the big picture of all that, um, by fixating on little details of the day-to-day, on like whatever today's silly little tasks and concerns are. Oh, am I going to make this appointment? Oh, I've got to go do that thing that's uncomfortable. Oh my God, I'm probably forgetting to email somebody back and they're going to be mad at me. Oh, and I got to see that person I don't like. So my thoughts are just stuck on like a hell wheel and I got to kind of jolt out of it um, with like a mantra or something. Sometimes I repeat, uh, you are safe, you are loved, you are cared for, you are strong, etc. Like stuff like that. Just sort of act out the feeling of gratitude to slow down the anxiety. Because I think I minimize the things that I'm truly grateful for to distance myself from the thought that I either deserve good things or that I've earned them or that people care for me enough to give them to me. And that scares me because I I live with the perpetual feeling that I'm always doing something wrong. Um, Like that OCD urge, that feeling that things are only okay because I maintain a constant level of fear and uncertainty. Like I can never be, I can never just be satisfied with what I am naturally because Actually, what I am is not enough. It's not that I don't have enough or I'm not doing enough, but I'm not enough. And if I, as myself, am never enough, like that void will never be filled with, even if I accomplish and receive everything I've ever dreamed of, I'm never going to be happy with it. I will just continue to minimize everything that I accomplish on every level I get to unless I'm okay with myself and I allow myself to be, and allow everything else to be, then I will never really feel validated. I will never feel like at peace. And peace is gratitude. Um, Like validation is appreciation. And yeah, sometimes we really have to slow down and realize uh, it's okay to maximize the joys, the little things, even if you feel like You could have done better because in reality, you can't be doing better. I'm doing the best I can at this moment. I am the best that I could be at this moment and I'm better than I was and I will be better than I am if I have confidence in that and if I maintain awareness of everything it took to get here and everything that is going on around me and not to fixate on the things that I imagine to be wrong, but to not minimize everything that is going right for me right now. And yeah, I have troubles, but I have joys. And I don't want to say blessings because, you know, you know, but we have joys and we have troubles, but I can survive those because I've survived everything I've been through in the past. And so I know that everything I need is already inside of me. Everything I need is already around me. I just have to remember it. And that's a practice. And that's important. So, yeah, keep pursuing meaning, pursuing love. Don't minimize the good things. Don't fixate on the the troubles. Because everything comes and goes. But you remain. You are enough. And, uh, okay, well... I hope that that was relevant. Okay, I, I think I'm done. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, right. oh, 
Oh, that sounds like how I would sign off on everything. I think I'm done. <laughs> Am I done? Right? Yeah. Okay. Podcast. I think so. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, first of all, I have a million thoughts, but first of all, did you know that my middle name is Joy? No. Yeah. Uh, so as you may or may not know, listener, I was raised in a very Christian household and most of us are named after Bible verses or we have like life verses that our parents picked out for us that influenced our names. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what mine is, but I just know it is about like having the joy of Christ in you because my name is Christina Joy. And so I'm literally named after a Bible verse. (laughs) (laughs) So Orion, I thought you would enjoy that. By, by the time you were my age, then the standard, I guess, if you were Catholic, was to uh, make sure that your child's middle name was a saint. Oh, I don't and, really know a bunch of Catholics, but that sounds about right. Well, a lot of my classmates, I know their middle name was Marie, and that's, oh, yeah. you know, going Mar- Mary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a homeschool family in Chicago that, so for the first you know, my senior year was the only year I spent in high school, but I was homeschooled the rest of the time. And so the extent of my social circle were these two homeschooling families that lived in our neighborhood. One of them mm-hmm. had four girls that were the same ages as us, because I have three sisters. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was a Catholic family that had 11 children. I think they had, <gasps> I think they might have had 13 by the end. I don't oh, know. Oh my God. But so we hung out with them a lot. It was wild, truly wild. Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. The other thing that like jumped out at me right away was this image when he was talking of someone on their deathbed and Mm -hmm. they're thinking back on their life. And I I kept thinking like, do you really want to wait until the end of your life to celebrate your wins? Absolutely. That was, that's what I was thinking because I can see myself doing that, just minimizing all the good things and thinking, okay, the next thing will make me feel better. And then it never does. And then I'm at the end of my life and I've minimized all the good things. Like, that's not how I want to live. Yeah, then if you have to go back and be like, wow, you know, like, actually, when I was feeling the best was when I was 35, but I kept thinking that it wasn't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I wasted so much time like that. Think Like, I think back <laughs> on the years that I was stressed out and sad for, like, other reasons, and I think, mm-hmm. wow, I was actually doing pretty okay, and I didn't yeah. appreciate it. Uh, but that's all I have to say for now. I feel like I've been talking a ton. What notes do you have on this wonderful voicemail? So one thing I liked is I felt like he ended up going into a lot of maximization versus minimization. Yeah, that's something we could really get into. And yeah, one that that really stood out to me is saying that he felt like mostly that he maximized what you should be doing, who you should be versus, you know, maximizing like what you've actually accomplished and what you've done, which is what we should be maximizing instead of, yeah, like, maximizing things that make us feel worse about ourselves well yeah because one exists and one doesn't yeah that's ex- <laughs> you know like when you're maximizing the things you that you think should be mm-hmm. you're pouring your energy into something that hasn't happened or is guaranteed to happen like all yeah. you have is what's in your life right now mm-hmm. and and yeah i can see where if all you're thinking about is like why haven't i done this why haven't i been this then that's what you do is you end up minimizing what you have done because clearly it's not good enough all you can think about is i should be this (laughs) i mean we've talked about careers on this podcast a bunch Mm -hmm. just we've both had quite non-linear career paths slash continue to have non-linear career paths yeah (laughs) and it's really easy to minimize all of the professional wins that we've had because there's always someone more successful quote unquote to compare ourselves to yeah 
and something else, <laughs> I'm not even sure if I know like the entire point that he was making. I just like latched on and wrote in huge capital letters the word deserving because I could do a whole nother episode just on that. I have done like so much therapy work just like around that word basically <laughs> because I struggle with it so much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Where do you think that comes from, that idea that you don't deserve good things? I, I think it's, like, a big thing is it's me, how I feel about myself, I imagine, and projecting it onto other people because I have, I have a big problem with people saying things where, you know, like if you could say, oh, I have been driving like old crappy vehicles around all my life. So I deserve this new car. I'm like, no one deserves a car just because they didn't have the best thing in the past. I mean, it, you, you should, it's, it's great to like give yourself a treat. There's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, you don't actually like, <laughs> but you're using the example of a car. I think yeah. the, the thing that you should be asking yourself is like, why don't I think I deserve mental stability? Because I've been mentally unstable most of my life. That's what I'm used to. That your mental health is your beat up car in this situation. Maybe a better example, because it would relate more to like, at least your well being or something is if somebody says like, I deserve a day off. And just it's the same thing to me is I feel like I don't think you should bar yourself from having a day off. But I don't know. It's it's the word deserve that gets to me I, that I'm just and, and I, I do when I when I like really examine that, then I was like, oh, I think it's because I feel that way myself, you know, that I think like I can allow myself, I can grace myself this time off, but I haven't I don't deserve it just because I've gone through life like a normal human being like everyone else. <laughs> it's kind of like, what did I do special? <laughs> Yeah, that voice can be really loud sometimes. I, I also mm -hmm. wrote down a note about that because I think his example was minimizing was kind of like a coping mechanism or like a pr protective measure that he used to keep from facing the fact that he does deserve things. Like it's that's a really yeah. hard thing to admit. Like you just said, it's it can come across as selfish so when you minimize things, it's easier because you're saying, I don't deserve good things. And so when I don't get them, I'm not disappointed or I'm not surprised. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Can you relate to that? Yeah. Because um, I think that's, that also ties into a kind of similar thing for me. I've noticed I go so, if there's something that just like, is a personality thing that maybe kind of annoys me in someone else, like, uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't necessarily like to see that then I get afraid that people are going to see me the same way and I just bend over backwards to not ever be seen like I will do the exact opposite like never never think this about me because I thought this person was mildly annoying for that yeah this whole conversation is also reminding me of the episode we did on toxic positivity okay because mm -hmm. um, you know I like to play the devil's advocate on this podcast because yes. our brains are the devil <laughs> <laughs> Our brains are a little broken sometimes. <laughs> and so when I heard his voicemail the first time, I know in my head that I'm supposed to maximize, maximize? <laughs> Jesus. <That's even> better. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to maximize the good things, but also part of me was thinking, okay, but like life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I can, 
celebrate the wins all I want, but I don't know if I only be positive and only celebrate myself, then that's, I don't want that either. That's just like toxic positivity. And again, that's not necessarily true. That's just what a lot of us will think, I think. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's it's similar to, yeah, I feel like what I was just saying, that you get afraid, like, oh my gosh, am I going to be seen as one of those toxic, positive people? I don't want to be that. But I think think the key difference is that Orion was focusing on real, tangible things in his life that he Mm -hmm. has either earned or manifested or like or that is inarguable that word that you used last episode that I couldn't think of to save my life it was inarguable oh okay (laughs) yeah it's like I think the difference between toxic positivity and like the kind of positivity that Orion is describing is just like toxic positivity gives you something that is just not real that the standard is unrealistic but I think what he's talking about is just appreciating the real things that are in your life yeah because I know another thing I jotted down and I don't know if I have thoughts or, or like expansion on it or anything like that. I think I just wrote it down because it's really fucking hard is having gratitude for yourself. So what does gratitude for yourself look like these days? Oh, I don't know because I don't have <laughs> right I mean, I know I feel like this is kind of like a cliche thing that, you know, people can say, but I, I do like try to remind myself every once in a while, you know, like, it's, it's good that I am in a place where I am able to work. I'm able to do a job that can support myself. And there's people that can't do that. And you're in, you know, for the most part, you're able to leave work and leave it behind. At least that's something yeah. you're working on. I know that's hard for a lot of people. And I mean, the, the being able to support myself, that's, that's a big thing, I think, because yeah. I've always been a super independent person. And there's been a lot of times where... You know, I've had to, like, maybe I'm living on my own, but I have to come back and and tell my parents, like, I'm just not making enough money to cover the rent. Can you help me out? So just knowing that I'm secure enough that I can take care of all my own basic needs without having to come back to someone and being like, help me. Well, and even in the times where we couldn't take care of ourselves, like you asking your parents to help you with rent, that is Mm -hmm. also something to celebrate is asking for help. And, you know, finding creative solutions to get yourself out of that predicament. I think when we have had nonlinear career paths and struggled with our mental health our whole lives, it's easy to downplay, I mean, you know, minimize the things we've had to do just to survive. Like maybe we don't have careers like other people we've known. Maybe we don't make enough money or have health insurance or like whatever, but we are alive. Mm-hmm. we've gotten ourselves to this point through whatever means necessary and that's definitely something to maximize I said it right yeah <laughs> like you said about asking for help that it, that is a big thing like realizing you're at a point where you can't do it on your own I agree yeah I don't know this is really encouraging me to to really maximize the good things in my life like I, this whole conversation didn't really go as I was expecting I was kind of (laughs) expecting more of it to be about like our trauma, like minimizing our trauma or minimizing our symptoms like you were Mm -hmm. talking about earlier. And we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, but I love that our listeners this week really turned the attention to celebrating your, the good things in your life. Like I didn't realize I was minimizing that stuff until I heard this feedback and now I have a lot to think about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if I have anything else to say, honestly. Yeah, I feel like I've gotten it 
<laughs> I, I feel like afterwards I'll listen to this and, and I'll have a billion points that I didn't bring up. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. And I, I also feel like we could talk more about like what you said, but I almost kind of like don't want to go back and rehash like, yeah, we minimize all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty. I known. think I said minimalize again. Minimalize. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it doesn't matter. You know, right. you guys know what we mean. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but thank you to Mon and Orion for answering the pickle mm-hmm. poll. If you missed this one, don't worry. We do these every two weeks. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast to make sure that you are part of the next one. Yeah. And where else can people find us, Lauren? Oh, I believe they can find us on Twitter at Pickles Vodka. You cut out for a second. Can you repeat that again? Twitter at <laughs> oh Pickles <God>. Vodka. <laughs> you sounded worse than you did when you cut off. <laughs> Yeah, Pickles Vodka on Twitter. Uh, my personal Instagram is at Xtina Jumper. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I was staring at my vape. <laughs> Just kind of like zoning out. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my um, Instagram that I answer is at Pico Suave, P-I-C-O-S-A-U-V-E. Yeah, so follow us. Um, I want to read a a message from an old friend that I got uh, last week. Remember when I said I had some some good feedback I wanted to share and I never did it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this (laughs) is it. So uh, a few weeks ago, um, I sent a friend request to this guy that used to be my camp counselor at this Christian school. Christian school. Mm -hmm. It was like a Christian camp in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so he was one of my counselors. And so um, I saw him in my suggested friends, and I friended him, and then he sent me this message. So this is from Josh. Shout out to Josh. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to drop in and say it was wild to see your friend request pop up, and I'm thrilled to see you're doing important and exciting shit. Subscribe to your podcast, and I just downloaded the first few episodes. Excited to get into it. Keep kicking ass and saying important things. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then um, I said, you know, Hi, <laughs> my shit really feels important and exciting, but you know, thanks for the validation. And then he went on to say, like, he's been a therapist for a few years now. He has, mm-hmm. and he has his own mental health stuff with depression and self harm and trauma. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, like, when we knew each other, we talked about it a little bit, but not a ton. I, he was one of those people that I could always tell there was something going on mental yeah. health wise, but like, we didn't talk about it because there was so much stigma exactly. back then. <laughs> But yeah, he said, I finished the first episode on my commute. Love what you're doing. People talking openly about mental health and being willing slash unafraid to sit in the shitty suck of it. It's so <laughs> valuable and you do a great job of it. I'm excited to be a fan now. Oh, <laughs> I know. So shout out goes to Josh for that sweet message. Um, that stuff just really helps me keep going. You know? Yeah. I wanted to say, like, the, the part of it, like when he said, keep saying important things that I didn't even realize until I heard that. I was like. That's that's what we do. That's, that's what that's we the do. Point. I'm I'm so glad to be recognized for that. That makes me feel good. Yeah. The reason I wanted to end out with that is just to inspire you and myself to not minimize the things that we're doing with this podcast, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think what we have to say is important, and people are clearly getting some good out of it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So validation. Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Everyone, follow us, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Bye. (laughs) Bye.